friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always, for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. On this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, we're talking with ski jumper Nick Mattoon. Now, if you know Nick or you've heard about him, you probably know about his background, his resume, and all of his all of his accomplishments. But, you know, I'll admit that I don't know the most or I don't know a whole lot about uh, ski jumping. So I'm I'm excited to talk with Nick here and learn a little bit more about the sport of ski jumping, learn a little bit more about his background and all of his accomplishments. So, Nick, big thanks for stopping in and being on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. What's up? What's up? What's happening? How you doing? It's uh so I mean, we got to catch up with you. I think the first time we met was last week, person to per or face to face with yeah. Isaiah and such. That was pretty cool. What an opportunity that was! That yeah, was awesome. That was awesome. I'm glad we caught that reaction on video too. Yeah, for, it was crazy, his, man. Dad, that was so. sweet. That was a good kid, though. I mean, amazing kid. Wonderful kid. Great yeah. athlete. Heart of gold. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't have picked a better kid. It was awesome. It was so cool. So, uh, but uh, and we were kind of talking a little bit off the air. It's like, hey, let's get together and maybe talk a little bit more long form. Yeah, sort let's talk stuff. ski jumping. Talk I love ski. it. Yeah, so obviously your family history deep into to ski jumping with with your dad and such. I mean, it, does it go back further than that though? For, for like, who started really the skiing in, in your family? Yeah, so Dan started the skiing in our mm-hmm. family. Um, originally, he's from Mondovi. Mm-hmm. His parents, my grandparents, owned a farm in Mondovi, and he was going to school uh, right on Mount Washington when the school was there. Okay. Uh, his parents, so again, my grandparents found out that he was ski jumping on his recess breaks, and they at first got really upset with him, and then they got into it. So yeah, that's quite awesome. the story. That is cool. So I mean, what I can just imagine, like maybe like building like snow piles or something like that, and jump. I mean, I always kind of joke when it's silver mine time. I'm like, you guys doing that, guys or girls? You have more courage than anybody because like, what makes you want to like have the courage to jump? And, you know, that high and land on that, I mean, that's got to take some courage to do that. Were, were you a little nervous when you first started doing that? or Absolutely. Yeah? I mean, yeah, when you're stepping up uh, jumps, it is a little nerve-wracking, but it's a, yeah. it's a process, just like any sport. You start mm-hmm. on a little bump in a hill, right. and you slowly progress your way up through different size hills. So when you get to that point, you're ready to do it. It's not like we're just throwing people off this right. massive ski jump, right? I mean, it's a process to get there. But, yeah, it's still nerve-wracking. It's still pretty crazy. Was I I, th- I was reading a little bit about you, too. Was there at a point when you were younger, too, that you kind of wanted to blaze your own trail uh, a little bit or your own path, but then that passion for skiing just kind of kind of caught up to you? Was I reading that correctly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a massive sports fan. That's yeah. all I do is watch sports, listen to sports radio. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I was really into basketball. Okay. So I almost stopped skiing to play basketball. And then at some point in my freshman year of high school, I decided to stick with ski jumping going into mm-hmm. the winter. 
Um, and then my career started to take off from there. That's when I started making the U.S. junior team, and then I made a couple junior world teams at that point, and mm-hmm. the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at your resume. I mean, there's you know, we could ask you like, what's the highlight? You got you know, U.S. Cup championships, uh, Olympics, uh, alternates on there too. I mean, you've got quite the resume. Is there one particular point on there that that stands out uh, above the rest? That you know, when you think back on on your career, maybe like in 20 years or when you're an old man or something like that and you're thinking back, is there something that's going to stand out to you the most, do you think? Yeah, for sure. There's a couple points um, in there that really do stand out. One good, one really bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, making an Olympic team is obviously always the dream, so that was right. my biggest, I guess, failure in my eyes as I was. I didn't make that team, but hey, kudos to all my teammates. They mm-hmm. deserved it. They're awesome guys. They worked their ass off to get there. Mm-hmm. Um but my, uh, I guess, greatest accomplishment, I placed third at Nationals mm-hmm. one year. And then I made a couple junior world teams. Gave me the opportunity to travel the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to 33 different countries. Man. It's been, it's been quite the opportunity for sure. What was your favorite country that you visited? Oh, my goodness. It just depends <laughs> on what we're, what we're doing. What time know? of year and all that time? Absolutely, <laughs> right? Norway has the best women. Just saying. <laughs> Spain is so much fun. The food mm-hmm. is great. Italy is gorgeous. The mountains are the best in Slovenia. That's where I lived. I okay. mean... Yeah, I can go on and on. It's it's. So you actually lived over there for a little bit? Yeah, I lived over off and on in Europe for four years. Okay. Um, spent three of those years in Sylvania and one of them in Germany. Really? So yeah. uh, how old were you when you were doing that? Uh, early 20s or? I moved over, oh, so when I made the U.S. ski team at 17. Man, so that's like, yeah. I, I always, we when we talk like the like Chip with Steel or these athletes, you know, to be a seventeen year old, I remember when I was seventeen. I couldn't do that, man. Yeah. I mean, how were you able to move to a different country and, and do that at seventeen? That you had to be nervous as all get out for that, didn't you? Yeah. The process starts when you're much younger, though. Mm-hmm. Ski jumping's a small sport. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to grow our base within the U.S. and within the world. Um, but when I was twelve years old, I moved out to Steamboat Springs, Colorado, for the summer. Okay. And so that process kind of started at that point. And then we would go to Park City or Lake Placid, New York. Those are the two main hubs mm-hmm. um, with Olympic-sized hills. So I started training out there when I was 15. So when I was 17, I graduated high school at 17, and I was already living in Park City and okay. then living partially in Europe. So, you know, obviously you practiced a lot and grew up on, on Silver Mine, and that's been here before, way before any of us. Oh, my uh, gosh, forever. I mean, yeah. the history of that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the history of Silver Mine? Yeah, absolutely. That hill itself the structure itself has traveled through three different states okay it started in indiana then it went to illinois and then it was at hendrickson hill in eau claire which is um where sacred heart is it oh, was okay. on that hill for a okay. while yep. and then they moved it to silver mine so it's been all over um it was built in 1932 Man. and moved to eau claire wisconsin in 1955 so the structure itself is pretty old yeah i mean you can still see it i love this time of the year with the star Mm-hmm. Uh, up on it till you know when that's I'm going the junior home. hill. That's the junior. Okay, yeah, that's the brand new uh, junior facility. That's we right. have a yep, brand that's new right. fifty yep. meter, which is the newest in the in the mm-hmm. nation, actually. Yeah, because when I'm going home, I live on the west side, so I always see it. Or coming to work at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's right? Up right. It's always there. shining so, for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know what time of year it is when that's up there. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Exactly. Uh, so, but silver mine too. I know this year, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to. To have it because you're, you're, you're the Silver Mine Invitational with some repairs and that. But we'll have more details probably for fundraising efforts and all that because we want to get that thing back. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're we're in the process of doing that right now. If anybody is interested in giving back to Silver Mine, 
Uh, reach out to Dan Mattoon at Prestige Auto in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Pretty mm-hmm. simple. He's there all the time. Yeah. If not, you can reach out to me, Nick Mattoon at Prestige Auto, mm-hmm. and I can refer that information to Dan. So pretty simple. So you mentioned, though, too, the juniors, because you're investing a lot of time in coaching yeah. uh, the youth right now. What drove you or what drives you to really kind of, you know, be the go-to guy or the coach for, for these youngsters out there. Like we were talking about Isaiah a little bit. Yeah. You know, you got the new hill over there too for the youngsters. What, what? Why did you decide to invest a lot of energy into coaching at this point in your life? Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons for doing it. One is our community in Eau Claire. They gave back to me when I was a youth. You mm-hmm. know, nobody asked them to be there and to progress me into my career. And I had great role models to look forward to mm-hmm. um and that helped me to be able to make the u.s ski team for seven years you know and mm-hmm. the kids here they deserve that we actually have two ex-us ski team members coaching in eau claire which is the most in the nation really uh yep and we're also the two head coaches for our whole division as well so we're a pretty big hub of coaches here right now it just kind of worked out that way yeah um but the passion's really driven by seeing kids progress you know, ski jumping isn't just about being an athlete and going off the hill and going really far. Yeah, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. But it teaches you to be confident. It teaches you to be alone and face fears by yourself mm-hmm. um, and to accomplish things alone. Yeah. I mean, there's a big, there's a lot of confidence that comes with that. Um, and then, again, you spoke on traveling. You learn so much when you're alone traveling, right? You got to grow up quick. I was going to say, you got to kind of grow up there really quick there. Yeah, so yeah. it teaches you a bunch of life lessons. And for me, that's almost more important than the sport itself is teaching young individuals to grow into good humans, mm-hmm. you know, down the line. Would you say, and, and I might be speaking on a turn here, but like, could you see it or is that your vision? You mentioned the coaches that are here and you mentioned how you move to different areas for training or that. Would you like to see, or, you know, Eau Claire kind of become one of those main destinations for kids move into the area like you moved to Colorado for a little bit and all that is that one of your goals is to make Eau Claire kind of that go-to place too absolutely mm-hmm. 100% um and it makes sense we're the center of the central region too right. so we're like the hub here and we have the newest junior facility in the United States so nice. that is our goal is to become that um for the nation and then hopefully we can get a, an olympic sized facility here as well that would be really awesome Huge. to get that Oh, man, that'd be something. So, you know, I got to ask you, too, like with, with the kids, uh, I mean, you know, what gives you your greatest pleasure when you're coaching the kids? Is it that first time they make that jump? Is it that first time, you know? Because when you get some of these kids, is this, for some of them, the first time they've ever maybe, like, downhill skied or, or jumped or anything like that? Yeah, most, <laughs> of our, most of our kids, when they start out, they have never even touched skis. Really? You know, man. so we're, we're starting from ground zero. Uh, <laughs> so it's very exciting, you know. Any any youngster is fun to coach because they're so full of energy and they're so scared at first and then they're mm-hmm. so excited. It's a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, which I find a lot of pleasure in that uh, coaching. But one of my favorites is when um, you get a junior athlete who's starting to make the leap. You know, they're mm-hmm. starting to move from being a club athlete to now being scouted by the national team or junior national team, mm-hmm. and you really start to see them change. Um, and you can see the confidence. It just oozes out of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that portion, be able to be able to create that or help create that for that kid yeah. is super exciting. What's uh, you know, what would you say is something that like maybe me or, or the general public don't know about 
you know, the behind the scenes of ski jumping, whether it's training for the Olympics or, or these events. I mean, what would you say is maybe or even a misrepresentation of, of ski jumping a little bit? Sure. So uh, a lot of a lot of what people don't understand is we'll just talk about the jump itself, mm-hmm. ski jumping. It's not always about the distance. There's there's a lot of style that's involved in there, too. So we have five judges okay. that score from 20 down. Um, so how much you move in the air, if you land with one foot in front of the other, that's called telemark. Um, we're all judged off that. So you might watch an event and see somebody go 5, 10 meters farther than the other and lose okay. because of their style or maybe they touched or something along those lines. So that's one of the misconceptions just because you think, oh, the farther the you further, go, you're yeah. going to win, right? Yeah. So that not necessarily how it works there. Interesting. So there's a little bit of style in there too. And is that what mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dan had to do with the, the Olympics when he was a judge? Kind yeah. Do yep. that in Beijing? Yeah, when he was in Beijing, he mm-hmm. was a judge for um, – Men's ski jumping, women's ski jumping, and Nordic combined as well. So okay. with, you know, COVID, it was a strange year. There's yeah. a lot going on, right? Especially yep. when you're hosting the Olympics in China, which is pretty crazy. Right. Um, but he was, he had to do all three events. Normally you only do one. Okay. So pretty unique. Yeah. So Nordic, uh, can you explain yeah. that for anybody who maybe doesn't know what, uh, what Nordic is? Yeah. Nordic combined is the combination of ski jumping and cross country skiing in an event. Okay. Um, at a junior level. You'll ski jump and then do a five-kilometer race. At a senior level, you'll ski jump and then do a 10-kilometer race. And there's different types of starts that they do, mm-hmm. um, and they have different rules. So they are judged off of one ski jump. Instead of in ski jumping, it's two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different, but it's a crazy combination of both fast-twitch muscles and yeah. long-endurance muscles. So, I was, was going to say, that, is that like, would you say that's the cream? Like the, Because that's what you did too, right, was was the Nordic part of it. I, I mean, did ski jumping. So when I was jump- a junior, okay. yeah, when I was a junior, I was a part of Nordic Combined. I can okay. tell you right now, Nordic Combined's harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, Nordic Combined's harder. Um, I love the ski jumping portion more. That's why yeah. I went that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be a way better athlete to compete in both. So Yeah, no doubt about it, man. So uh, I want to get to know you a little bit uh, background-wise. So, like, you were here when I did a little lightning round with Isaiah. We're yeah. going to do a little bit more with you. Let's go. So you mentioned basketball. Was mm-hmm. Would you say that was your first love of sports, your first sport love? I love basketball, man. Yeah. Basketball. So who's the team or player you grew up loving? Oh, I'm a diehard Bucks fan. Okay. Diehard nice. Bucks fan. Michael Red was my man. Nice. Back, back in the day. And then Ray Allen when he came by. I really like three point shooters. Yep. Um, so I stuck with them. And then, oh, man, Malcolm Brogdon, the president. I'm so mad we got rid of him, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I really, I really liked him, so I've watched the Bucks my whole life. I've watched their progression. It's so exciting. Nice. I, I would not have, you know, especially because I mean we're similar age. The but you know the Red and, and Allen era makes sense. But yeah. usually a lot of you know, people our age is like either Jordan or even you know oh, Kobe no. or something like that. No afterwards. chance. But oh, I like the fact that you 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 were a Bucks diehard from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. All right. So, what is your? Do you have a pre-game pre-jump routine? Oh, yeah. My my pre-jump routine started when I woke up in the morning, um, especially on a competition day. So I'd have coffee only and then no breakfast because in our sport, you got to remain light. Okay. And the lighter, the better. It's just all aerodynamics. So mm-hmm. and we generally compete in the morning um, unless you were on the highest level World Cup you're competing at night. So okay. the Continental Cup, which is more where I competed at, would be in the mornings. Um, you do a light warm-up workout, stretch, um, and then a heavy plyometric base before you jump. 
Okay. Try to get your legs warmed up before that ski jump. So. Gotcha. Are you superstitious at all? Yeah. Yeah? I wear my Packer socks when I jump. That'll I like that one. Yeah, That's for sure. That's a good one right there. And then I had Giannis. It was Packer socks and Giannis socks. That was it. I love the diehard <laughs> Scotty sports Hey, right man, now. I'm all about Wisconsin. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, do you have a like a certain type of music you listen to before you jump to, to kind of get in the zone? or? Yeah, I, I used to be into hip-hop yeah. pretty heavy before I jumped. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that really worked out for my career because I got a little amped up. And if you can't tell, I'm a little bit ADD, so I got to rein that back a bit. Um, but, yeah, I'd be listening to Eminem, you know, or mm-hmm. just whatever hip-hop music just to kind of get me in the zone. Right. Uh, what are you streaming right now? If you were turning on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, is there something oh, you're streaming yeah. right now? Oh, man. I, I'm on a kick for Modern Family. I don't know really? what it okay. is. Yeah. I started turning it on about... Two weeks ago with my girlfriend, I've been just knocking out episodes. It's been nice. good. Modern Family. That's a good pull right there. Yeah, man. right? <laughs> uh, all right. Favorite movie? Oh, jeepers. I'm not a huge movie person. Um, we'll go with Black Panther. I like the original Black Panther. That was okay. a good one. Yeah. My kid loved Wakanda forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was good. <laughs> uh, how about favorite food? Oh, favorite food. It's got to be either tacos Hard shell or soft shell? You got to go hard shell. That a boy. Pizza is always a knockout. Yep. Always a knockout. Deep dish? Oh, can't go wrong. You, you're a deep dish guy, I love, huh? I love deep dish. Oh, man. See, it depends Sabam. on the sauce for me. Hey, fair enough. It, it depends <laughs> on the sauce for me. It does throw you off at first with the sauce on top. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. If it's a good sauce, I'm okay. But yeah, if right. the sauce makes that one for me. So yeah, I don't blame that's, you. That's, otherwise, I'm a thin crust guy. Yeah, Bellatori's. Mm. Thin crust. That's my go-to at home. But if I'm going out somewhere, hopefully in the Chicago area, yep. I'm rocking a deep dish for sure. Nice. No doubt. I like that. Uncle Jerry's <laughs> near Fox River Grove. Make sure you go. Places, so you got the place. You got the hookups right now. Oh, huh? Uncle Jerry's is bomb. Really? Real. Okay. I'm going to have to try that one out. Uh, so you already mentioned you're a Packers fan, too. Who's your favorite Packer player of all time? Favorite Packer player of all time. Oh, jeeps. Uh, Charles Woodson, probably. Mm. Um, but is he a true Packer? He came from the Raiders. I don't know. I think he is. I mean, I'll take him. Yeah. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. We don't Bowl, win a right? Super Bowl without him. Oh uh, no, yeah. I know no he doubt. got hurt, but still, you know, yeah. No doubt. I mm-hmm. love Charles Woodson. Donald Driver. I mean, he's an easy choice. Yep. Dude's a bruiser. Mm-hmm. He was sweet. Um, but I really, when he was on, Greg Jennings. Really? I was a massive That's Greg not Jennings fan. a popular fan. pick right no, now. No, because he's kind of he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> chilling up in Minnesota. We don't need to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is in my Jennings favorite. jersey too. I'll yeah. admit it. I had a Jennings jersey. I loved too. him. I loved him. But you know, we got a lot of really young talent that I'm I'm falling in love with. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot to like with with Watson and Dobbs and all that. Oh yeah, know? and so. Quay Walker. Okay, let's give him a chance here. Yeah, Had everybody's some... you know it's like you know instant reaction in. Yeah. I looked up, uh, I found an article from 2016, I think it was like Devontae's third year, entering his third year, and there was already articles written that he could be cut, and I'm like... That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah. For all you sports fans out there, that's straight crazy talk. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what else do I, did I want to get to? Um, what is, oh, we already asked you your favorite, uh, your favorite memory there, but what is your favorite, as a fan, sports memory? As just a straight oh, up fan. Man. So I have a few. Um... I'll go with my ski jumping career. Mm-hmm. I was able to watch World Cup um, in Germany. Crazy. I mean, 25,000 ski jumping fans packed into an arena. That's pretty tight. So that was really cool and unique just based off the sport I did. Mm-hmm. But 
My second, or I'd say my other sports favorite moment came this year. I was at the Dallas Packers game. What an intense arena that was. Lambeau Field was rocking. It was, that was game so too. fun. I was at that game, too. It was that so was, fun. I said probably a top three game I've been to. 100%. Because, and it might have been just, you know, when you know when I go to Lambeau, I'm, I'm and I'm, it's a humble brag, but I'm kind of expecting to win. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and that game, I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And then they got it. Oh, my god. I was so pumped after that game. And then the waves of emotions, you're like, Shit, you know they're gonna yeah. you know, lose this one and that, and but then they got it. yeah. I agree with you. That was crazy. A top three. Best part was yeah. I had two cowboy fans sitting right next to me. <laughs> oh, they were talking smack the whole game. Yep. They said we got this, no chance. I come back, sit down. They got up, and then we won, and they never came back to their seats. <laughs> it was wonderful. I love it. Was it was wonderful. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome, man. So, um, I think that's all I got for for a little bit of lightning round right there, too. So, word, yeah. Uh, but hey, dude, thanks for stopping in, man. Absolutely. Thanks it. for having me. Yeah, we got to do this a little bit more. Whenever you want, we got to do this. I a little, talk a I lot, like, so we I can know, knock it is, out. This is I, I like this, man. I, I like this a lot. So, I mean, are, are you gonna still do some competitions? Or are you still kind of you yeah, know? We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I. I I throw the sticks on every once in a while, yeah. you know. More so now is to help out with events. Um, I've been asked to go be the test dummy for the <laughs> World Cup they're having in Lake Placid, New York, this year. Okay. And they also have um, what is it? Um, College Worlds. Okay. Uh, or Worlds Youth in uh, Lake Placid as well. So I got asked to go be a test dummy for that as well. But you know, being an adult now, I gotta structure that with my work schedule and yeah. it gets a little bit tougher but yeah. we'll see well suit it up and uh keep us posted okay yeah absolutely Def- and i got it i was gonna ask you this too so you did email me one time when we were talking about world cup and and soccer teams yeah who would you pick again to trying i'm hot for why is that your i'm assuming that's your I, I, yeah. back in the day i just picked them did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah you know i'm so not kind of the huge... reason why i'm trying to find yeah a team exactly that, okay. exactly i mean i watched Soccer, yeah, but I really tune in during the World Cup because mm-hmm. it's just such a unique experience, you know. Yeah. Um, so it gets me all jazzed up again. And I start watching soccer for a little bit. But. I'm kind of the same way, you know. That, that's why I kind of maybe want to try to get on a team or bandwagon a team and got to do it. Thing. So, all right, maybe I'll go with that route. Yeah, for sure. Hotspur, Hotspur, I like it. Nick, big thanks, man. Appreciate hey, you. Thanks appreciate for you. Me. you got it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.